Now, we have spoken about the spiritual realities, and today I've come to this point to speak about a reality in the spirit that is most often neglected. Hallelujah. We're talking about uh, the, the ministry of angels. You see, for those who will catch me the first time, they might be confused because you don't go to church and preach about angels. Hallelujah. Usually when you go to church, you don't preach about those things. You preach about people must be strong, people must carry on with God and stuff like that. Hallelujah. But you come to divine and suddenly, maybe your first Sunday, you hear angels. What is this? I want to assure you that this is not the worship of angels. Uh, Hallelujah. We are not advocating worship of angels because angels themselves say that no one should worship because they are fellow servants like us. So this teaching has no uh, purpose to lead you into worshiping angels. Number two, it has no purpose to lead you into commanding angels. I'm going to make it very clear because there's a confusion in the charismatic movement where people have been taught to command angels around. And that is not scriptural. That is the experience of somebody, but we can't prove it in scripture. We are Bible people. And we need to do things that are written in the Bible. And whatever we do must be, must be proven by scripture. And if there's no scripture for that, then we need to examine it before we do it. Hallelujah. So the purpose of this is to awaken you to the reality of the ministry of angels. Why? Because in the spirit, whatever you are ignorant, you cannot benefit of it. You see, the spiritual world works like this. Knowledge is a key. You need to understand that the, 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 the intimate knowledge of the things of the spirit makes them real to you. So that's why we are just browsing through the ministry of angels so that you may be acquainted to that ministry. I have been, all my life, I have been a, 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 a beneficiary of, of the ministry of angels. Hallelujah. It started with my father where angel came and helped him. My father went to a city and was lost. You know, those days, he was an elderly man, and he went to a big city he has never been before. He went to a conference, and he, he came late at the bus station. When he arrived there, all the participants were being collected from the station, and they were gone. And he came toward noon. It was becoming a bit dark, and my father was worried because the city is big and the city was dangerous. Uh, amen. And he was standing there and suddenly a man came to him. He said, he said it was a white man. He said, I know the missionaries that came to our church. I know them all because we were in the beginning there. And he said, the man called me by name and he said, Pastor uh, uh, Etienne. His name was Etienne. He said, Pastor Etienne, what are you doing here? He said, no, I came for the conference. And the guy says, I suppose you are late. He said, yes. And the guy called those private taxi. He called one, and he said, this is Pastor Etienne. And the man that is supposed to be a stranger knew where the conference was going to take place. He told the taxi, because the taxi, they know the city. He said, the conference is taking place so and so. You drop this pastor there. And he paid the money for the taxi fare. And my father was taken there. And when they arrived, he said the story to his colleague. They couldn't believe that missionary never existed in the church family. That was an encounter with angels. Hallelujah. But remember, before he, gone, he has gone, he prayed and he said, Lord, I'm going. I'm trusting you to go before me and help me when I get there. So help was sent to him. Hallelujah. So this message is born out of experience and out of scripture. I was, I was, myself, I, I got encounters with angels. And I think I said it Friday in the prayer online. I was standing in the street of Abidjan. It was about 10 p.m. And I was waiting for a taxi to, to go home. And two people came to me. And one called me by name. And he called me and I turned and he said, you are a man of God. And this is what the Lord is preparing for your life. 
They gave me a blueprint of what God was going to do in my life. Hallelujah. And then I climbed into a taxi with these two strangers. I told them, can I give you a lift? They say yes. And while we were driving, before I hit my stop, they said, stop the taxi and drop us here. And I asked one, give me your number. Since you guys have prophesied to my life, I would love to be in contact with you. And the other one said, no, you can't. I won't give you my number. I will take the number of my friend. Took the number. And when I went home the next day, I tried to call them. The number never registered until now. That was a ministry of angels. Hallelujah. And the church is ignorant of it. You know the mistake we make? We have disqualified the ministry of angels because of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And people say, now we have the Holy Spirit. We don't need the ministry of angels anymore. I'm going to prove you wrong now through scripture. Can somebody say amen? Amen. I'm going to prove you wrong and prove you that you are wrong. You are maybe sincere, but you are sincerely wrong. (laughs) Hallelujah. Somebody say the ministry of angels. Lift up your hand and say, Lord, send us help from heaven. I want you to say it again. Say, Lord, send us help from heaven. Hallelujah. So, who are the angels? The angels are spirit beings created by God to serve his purposes. The angels are, are spirit beings created by God to serve his purposes. Hallelujah. One of the missions of the angels is worship. The angels worship God. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter number 5, verse 11 to 12. Revelation 5, 11 to 12, I want to read because I want to go, f- you know, when you talk about angels, don't just make statements because there are many people that are, that are very against this kind of thing. So, he said, Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creature and the elders, and the number of them was 1,010 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Wow. I don't know which number is that. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Now the angels were part of the worship Listen, when we are worshiping in the church, it's not just our voices. It's not just our voices. We are joined by the host of heaven. That worship because you cannot implicate yourself in worship without the ministry of angels. It means whenever you open yourself and you are worshiping, you are not alone. You need to know that you are not alone. Thousands upon thousands are joining you. And worshiping with you. So the angels have a function of worship. Somebody say worship. Now today I'm not preaching about worship. So I won't go into the depths of worship. But I want to tell you. uh, That when you give your voice. Your voice is echoed in heaven. Listen we are not just singing in the room. When we come together like that. We are transported in the very presence of God. So you can see us in the church. But we are around the throne. So if you don't have spiritual eyes to see, you think you are sitting on your chair while we are all participators of what is going on in heaven. You see, I had a, an encounter with the Lord one time where the Lord took me. You know, people, we claim to go to heaven, but I won't say heaven. Where the Lord took me to a place and there was a worship. And there was a time of worship. I still remember the man that was standing with me told me the worship will start at four. Until now, I don't know what it means. I've asked the Lord. He hasn't revealed to me yet. But he said the worship will start at four. And I said, but what are we waiting for? And he said, we are waiting for the people of earth. And he said, we are ready, but they are not yet ready. And then he swings something like a curtain. When I look I saw people dressed in royal blue on earth here and were marching towards an army. They were marching together and he said, these are the people we are waiting for that are going to join us for this time of worship. That is something I will never forget. 
So I realized that when we are worshiping, we are clothed into a garment that is not what you are wearing now. Uh, while you are worshiping, there's a coat that comes on you uh, that makes you acceptable in the heavens. Hallelujah. And, and you need to understand that that what God put on you makes you ready for the worship in heaven. I, I'm telling you the way they were preparing to worship. I never seen something like it. They showed me a room. It was, I don't know how to display to you. It was like a wedding was about to take place. And we were setting the tables and everything was magnificent. And they told me, this is a place where the wedding of a lamb will take place. I'm telling you, there are things in the spirit. When you don't know them, you can't worship God. Because you don't have reverence for who you are worshiping. Oh, you are worshiping God to get a breakthrough. That day, you know, the church, what we do, we minor on the, on the major thing. And we major on the minor things. We have, we have magnified breakthrough so much that we forget the eternity and the presence of God that is with us forever. We have magnified healing and deliverance so much that we have failed to understand we worship the great I am, the ancient of days. Oh, we are worshiping the one that's from everlasting to everlasting. Doesn't matter what you are going through, there will be an end to what you are going through. I'm telling you, one day it will wipe away all tears. We will stand in the presence of the Lord and we will say, welcome home. I'm waiting for the day of that revelation where the, where the Lamb himself will join us. They are worshiping the Lord. Second function of the angels. They are ministering being created to minister to the saints. You see, I like you to take note when I preach. They, they are ministering being created to minister to the saints. Hebrews chapter number one, verse 13 to 14. I'll give scripture to every statement. Hebrews 1, 13 to 14. Can we, can we do that? Can we go there? He said, but, but of which of the angel has he ever said, sit at my right hand, let's move on, till I make your enemies your footstool. And are they not all ministering spirit sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? These are ministering spirit, but God says, don't worship them. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> don't worship them. Don't give them the reverence that is due to God. Worship God and God alone and partner with angels. I say worship God and partner with angels. Somebody say with me, say worship God and partner with angels. He said these are ministering beings that are created. And, and, and how do they minister to the saints? Hallelujah. The first thing I can be I'm just saying it, but it's not in order. So what came, uh, I, I put it first, is they protect the saints. They protect them from harm. They protect the saints in the book of Psalm 91 verse 11. I want you to read Psalm 91 verse 11. Psalm 91 verse 11. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For he shall give his angel charges over you to, to keep you. In all your ways. Hallelujah. In their hand they shall bear you up. Lest you dash your foot against a stone. God gives charges. Who gives the charges? So it's not you. I say I will prove you through scripture. God gives charges to angels concerning you. You know the whole book of Psalm 91 is based around the ministry of angels. When you talk about under his wing, he covers you. He's not talking about God. God does not have wings. He's talking about the ministry of angels toward the saints. So the, the God gives them charges to protect you. Say, I am protected. Now, if you don't know that you are protected, you are afraid. The story happened in the book of 2 Kings where Elisha, was being, uh, uh, was, was about to be arrested by the Syrian army. The Bible said that Elisha was sleeping and the servant of Elisha woke up and there was an army of a Syrian and the servant said, we are lost. And, the, and Elisha said, those who are with us, 
are more than those who are with him. And he said, God, open his eyes so that he may see. Unless you see, you are afraid. But when you know who is with you, you're not afraid anymore. Hey, when you know who goes with you, you are not afraid anymore. When you know who is protecting you, you are not afraid anymore. It's like sleeping at the police station and, having, and being afraid of thieves. Unless the police is corrupt, that they sell you out to the thieves themselves. But if you have a police that is dignified, that understand, that understand the, the, the heart of service, and you are in their custody, you are not afraid of thieves anymore. Angels are around you. I say they are around you. Whom shall I, be, whom shall I fear? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? Hallelujah. So, so we have a mission of protection. Hallelujah. Second, they deliver the saint from trouble. So not only they protect you, but when you get into trouble, they easily take you out of trouble. Psalm 34, verse 7. Psalm 34, verse 7. Let's go quickly. Psalm 34, verse 7. It says, the angel of the Lord encamp all around those who fear him and delivers them. Hallelujah. The book of Acts, chapter number 12, verse 5 to 10. We won't read it. The story of Peter. Acts 12, 5 to 10. Peter was in jail. I've always said that prayer was offered. And an angel came into the jail. Hallelujah. And the chains of Peter fell off. Now, last Sunday I told you, when God came into the rescue of Paul and Silas, the chain of all the prisoners were loose. And I told you the reason why the chain were loose was because of the praise of Paul and Silas. This time Peter was not praising. And he was not praising and only him was set free. Uh, Peter was not the only one in prison there. But when the angel came, because the prayer was very specific, the saint prayed for Peter, not the people in the jail. <laughs> so when they prayed for Peter, the angel came and didn't see the other prisoners. And when he came into the prison, the same thing that happened to Paul happened to Peter. The chain just broke. Can I submit to you that because people are praying for you in the midst of danger, everybody might die, but you will come out. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Because people are praying for you. Things can go sour in South Africa, but you will still praise God and everything can go fine with you because there is a, an action of prayer upon your life. Now the angel came and the Bible said that the doors opened. Who gave the key to the angels? Did he ever open the door? No. His presence. The presence overruled the natural realities. I don't know what is putting you in jail this morning. Mm -hmm. I don't know what is binding you this morning. But God sent me with this commission. The moment the angel of his presence will go before you, all the chain will fall flat. All the prison doors will open. Sometimes you won't hear an earthquake. My God. Sometimes you won't hear any noise. It will be a silent deliverance. It's not all the deliverance where we shout. Some of the deliverance, I can just greet you and you are delivered from demons. Ah, I don't know who taught you. But I'm telling you the truth. There are deliverances that happen without you knowing you are delivered. When Paul was delivered, it was physical and manifestation. When Peter was delivered, he himself thought he was dreaming. That's how unreal it was to him. And they came to a place, I told you, the gate that gives to the city, that's the place of destiny. And I know several Christians are limited today 
Because the place, the gate that gives to the city is not open yet. But God has sent his angel this morning to go before you so that the gate of the city may be open to you. The gate of your destiny and manifestation may be open. I'm praying this morning in the name of Jesus that the gate that stands between you and destiny may be open. Hallelujah. There's an angel that is called the angel of his presence. You are praying, Lord, bring your presence. Bring your prayer. We want to see your presence. We want to see your prayer. You don't know that when you are praying that, you are praying for the, the manifestation of an angel. There's an angel that is called the angel of his presence. Somebody say the angel of his presence. Ha! Isaiah 63. Let's read Isaiah 63 verse 9. Isaiah 63, verse 9. Let's go very quickly. In all the affliction, he was afflicted. Say, in all the affliction, he was afflicted. Keep it there. Don't take it away. Please keep the scripture there for those who are the media. I will explain to something. They say, in all the affliction, he was afflicted. Who was afflicted? Who? You are not sure of your story. I know Christian. I'm not very sure. In all the affliction, he was afflicted. And look at, look at the writing. The he is recapped later. Hallelujah. So this he talks about the he. Hallelujah. He's talking about God himself. Hallelujah. He was afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them. The angel of his presence saved them. Some theologians uh, identify the angel of presence as the manifestation of Jesus in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. This is true. But this is not also the complete full truth. Why? Because for them, no angel... He's called the angel of his presence. But the Bible says the angel of his presence. And when you read the book of Ezekiel, you realize that the presence of God was carried by angels. God was sitting on angels. Uh, if you read the book of Ezekiel, you realize that the wheels and all these things that are, uh, they say that, that, that God appeared upon them. So they are angels that carry God's presence. When they come into a room, how oh, you can feel the very presence of God. When they come into a situation, you feel the very presence. Sometimes I, I, I have occasion where I walk with the angel of his presence. And people that were close to me notified it. We were in the United States when we were just going to a shop. A lady took us, one of our friends took us to a shop. And my wife and I were just walking. And the lady met us and she turned back. And she went to the other lady and said, who are these two people? And uh, the lady said, no, they are missionaries from Africa. I said, no, because there is a light around them. Angel of his presence. I say angel of his presence. When you walk the angel of his presence, people will tell you there is something with you. It's not anointing. Uh-uh. It's the angel of his presence. Uh-huh. It's the angel of, because the, the anointing has no mission for that one. Yes. It's, it's the angel of his presence. When you walk and people say, yo, are you a Christian? What do you see on me? They say there is a light around you. It's the angel of his presence. Say the angel of his presence. If you know how to relate to those spiritual realities, things will happen. I say things will happen. You know, I was, I was, I was even, I was, in school, and I didn't know what this was. I walked to a shop, and there was a, a lady that was coming, and when we crossed eyes, she froze. She couldn't move anymore. She was standing like this. And my friend said, yo, what just happened between you? They didn't know it was the angel of his presence. He walked. He walked. There was somebody working for my sister, and whenever I go to the kitchen, she comes out. 
And when I go to the dining room, she comes to the kitchen. And I thought, what is wrong with this lady? So in the house, we are like that, forth and back, forth and back. And then one day we were delivering her. She said, this young man, there, are, there is a light walking with him. So that's why when he comes to the kitchen, I don't stand there because I can't see the angel of his presence. Somebody say the angel of his presence. I'm praying that God may release the angel of his presence around you so that your Christianity may have a testimony. I'm praying for the presence of God to go with you. Woo! The angel of his presence. Hmm. Angels bring heavenly messages to the saints. And, 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 and that's where people miss it. They don't know that angels actually bring messages. They think it was just the people of the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, after they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, angels were still talking to them. Hallelujah. I'll give you two scriptures. In the book of Acts, chapter number 27, verse 23. Acts 27, 23. Let's go on. Acts 27, 23. For there stood by me this night an angel of God whom I belong and whom I serve. Saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. <clears throat> who was talking to Paul? Was Paul already baptized in the Holy Spirit? Pentecost has already taken place. But when God wants to give a special message to Paul, he sent an angel. <clears throat> Some of you, you are so much aware of demons that you are not aware of angels. Can I submit to you, they are more angels than demons. So the chances to see angels are more than seeing demons. Hallelujah. They are more angels than people on earth. You need to know that. So God sent them to give you messages. Uh, let's give another example that will convince you. Revelation 1.1. 1, 1. Revelation 1.1. 1, 1. Let's go on quickly. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The revelation of Jesus Christ, with which God gave him to show his servant thing which must shortly take place. Let's go on. And he sent and signified by his angel to his servant, John. So the whole book of Revelation, the message was given to an angel. It was an angel that brought the revelation to John. God gave the revelation to an angel, and the angel came and gave it to John. Why are we not experiencing this anymore? Question, why are we not experiencing this anymore? Because all your angels you see, it's just a color that you see. They are not on display. <laughs> they are messengers. Somebody said, but I don't want a demon to talk to me. So that's why I don't go into this that's why you don't even hear the voice of God yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you don't hear it because you are not open to God's way. No, you are not open to God's way. You are not open to God's way. God sent his angel to give you a book of revelation. And God in these last days wants to do even more. The reason why I'm preaching this message. <laughs> It's because we have entered the season in the kingdom where there will be a lot of angelic activities. And the body of Christ needs to be ready for what I'm saying. Listen, I'm not here to preach, I'm here to announce. Ah. I'm here to announce. They are, they are in the kingdom, they are pastors, they are evangelists, they are prophets, and they are also men of God. Our mission is to announce what God is going to do next so that you can be prepared and not miss out. 
Because some of you are going to have encounters. Hallelujah. So the angel brings the message. Now they execute also the word of God. This is one of the functions. They execute the word of God. Psalm 103 verse 20. They execute the word of God. They execute the word of God. Psalm 103 verse 20. Hallelujah. Psalm 103 verse 20. Bless the Lord who is Bless the Lord who is angels, who excel in strength, who do is they do the word of God. They do the word of God. It means when you speak the word of God, those who go and execute it are angels. So you partner with angels in operation of the word of God. So when you prophesy, the one that goes and executes that prophetic word are angels. And you need to be aware of that. Some of you are saying, Holy Spirit, do this for me. Holy Spirit is not doing this for you. Because the function of the Holy Spirit is clearly stated in the Bible. He came to teach you all the truth. He came to lead you into the truth. He didn't come to fight for you. So when you pray the wrong prayer, you get the wrong results. Holy Spirit does not defend me. Holy Spirit does not defend you. You understand? No. When you say, God, I'm praying that you are the defender of the weak. And this is your word upon my life. When you release that word. Have you read the scripture in the book of Ephesians 6 that talks about the sword of the spirit? Eh? He said the sword of the spirit is what? So what is the sword that the angel used to fight with? And who gives that word? It's you. Yes. How do you give that word? It's the Rema and the Logos together. So when you speak the word of God, you are releasing sword. So the bigger the word, the bigger the sword. So when, when angels need to go into battle, they are waiting for you. If you don't release the word, there's nothing to fight with. So that's what people say, speak the word. Speak the word. The reason why I say speak the word is so that angel may be in motion and movement for you. So if you are not speaking the word, they have nothing. People say they heed the word of God and do his bindings. So what do we do? When we proclaim the word of God, we are activating the ministry of angels. So if you don't know the word, you have no sword to give to the angels. They might be there, but not fighting. But when the prophetic word is released, ah, there's motion in the kingdom. There's movement in the kingdom. God goes and gives Charges to his angels concerning you. That's why every Christian needs to know the prophetic word upon his life. You need to know what God says about you. And when you are in trouble, that's what you say. When things are not going well, that's what you say. When you know what God has said about you, there is a pastor that has a disease, a terminal disease, uh, that was supposed to die, but God has already told him that his assignment is not finished yet. So when the doctor told him he has one week to leave, he said it's not possible because I'm a man on a mission with a message to preach and I haven't finished to preach yet. Guess what? The man was discharged a week later without a sign of that disease in his body because he knew what he was talking about. We, by his trap, I am healed and you die. By his trap, I am healed and you die. The more you say, the more you die. You know why? Because you have no revelation of what you are saying. Listen, Paul said we are persuaded. It's beyond discussion. No, he said we are persuaded. So it's beyond arguments. It's a knowing, it's a knowing knowledge. Yes. He's more than convinced. It has become part of his system. Meaning even if he's sleeping, you wake him up, he will say the same thing. He's not confused about that. We are persuaded that in all this we are more than conquerors for Christ. So it doesn't matter what happens, I know I am a conqueror. He's more, he's persuaded. 
The church is being persuaded. But those who came to persuasion, they don't argue anymore. No, it's finished. The argument is finished. I said the argument is finished. The argument is finished. We are persuaded that neither death or life Nothing shall separate us from the love of God manifested in persuasion. Persuasion. When you are persuaded of what God says, people can speak, 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 you just laugh. Because I know who I am. I know whose I belong to. I know my redeemer lives. Job came to a place of persuasion and he knew that even if he slay me, though, I will yet praise him. He was persuaded that nothing in life can take him out of the love of God. But when we are not persuaded, say everything you question God, why now? No, why now? Ooh, you are persuaded. I say you are persuaded. You are persuaded. When my first son was born, and uh, after, I think, four years or whatever, we didn't have a second one, and there was a doctor that asked me, where is your second son? I said, we don't have one. But you want? I said, yes. He said, how long? I told him, he said, there might be a problem. Says who? <laughs> he said, there might be a problem because sometimes a problem arises after the one, the first one is born. So he said, that year, he said, by January, if this woman is not pregnant, you come to me. It's like he's ordering me. When we came out, I said to my wife, this guy would never see my face again. <laughs> he said, January. January passed nothing. We didn't go there. February passed nothing. March came. The child was in the womb. And when the child was in the womb, I was so confused because the Lord spoke to me clearly in the audible voice. I was in the womb and he called me. He told me, you're going to have a son. Call him David. I was not sleeping. And I sat there. It filled the whole room. And I came to my wife, I said, I think we'll be going to have three children. Because I thought this one is a girl. So I said, so David is coming. When we went to the sauna, it was David there. David's face was standing there. <laughs> so, so, so because, because I was persuaded that I cannot, this woman can be barren. It's impossible. I married her. Why can she be It's impossible. It does not exist. It's not possible. No. It is, it is not possible. Say it's not possible. There is no devil in hell strong enough to stop me from my assignment. It is not possible. You can come in this church with your calabash on your head in the spirit. You can sit here and try to curse her until the end of the service. You will see me going on. I don't even need to see your calabash. It will burn your own heads. No, the man of God must see everything. I don't need to see it. I know to whom I belong. Yes. I know that my Redeemer lives. I don't need to see the witches. The witches need to see me. That's all it counts. That all matters. That all matters. That all matters. If you come here with your witchcraft, I've been here for more than 10 years. You have tried it all. It does not work, man. It does not work. It doesn't work. Even the you gossipers, it doesn't work. They use corona. It didn't work. Because I'm persuaded. I am persuaded. I am persuaded. It's more than listening. It's beyond reasoning. Yes. When you are not persuaded, you are afraid. Oh, demon. Oh, demon. Oh, demon. I want to preach now in Ivory Coast. When I got there, a pastor told me, our city, help the anointing of God, I told you. Our pastor said, our city. The pastor said, the city is loaded. I said, loaded with what? He said, here, last time, from the sea, a four by four came out. I said, what for? He said, they went to do ritual, physical ritual, and they drove their four by four into the sea. They went, they did it, and they came out. And when they came out, there was a man that was walking at the beach. He fainted. 
Because he has never seen that. So people say, they are very strong here. I say, they come from the sea, I come from the air. <laughs> they can, 10,000 can come out of the sea, I don't worry. Because I'm seated in heavenly places. Far! Woo. If you give too much importance to Satan, it becomes too big for you. Me, I don't, wor- I don't mind about him. I'm not ignorant of him, but I don't worry about him. The church needs to be persuaded. I say, you know, beyond measure, you need to be persuaded. Say, I need to be persuaded. You need to be persuaded of the ministry of angel toward you this morning. That there is nothing that can stop you. Yes. There's, a, there's, a, there's an idol. There's an idol where I come from, where women shouldn't see. Any woman that sees that Allah dies. I don't know if it's here also, but, but where I come from, they don't play. Uh, they don't play. So, so women don't see that idol. There was a woman of God. Her name is Madeline. She's still alive. So people are listening to me back home. So if I tell a story, they will phone me and say, what are you talking <laughs> Mama Madeline was alive, was there. And they were going to preach, and they arrived in that village. And then they stopped the car. They said, is there a woman here? Say yes. They said, let the woman light flat. Because the idol is coming. And that idol was coming out. So when it came to the road, Mama Madeleine climbed out of the car. She came and removed that thing. She said, ah, is that you persecuting the people in this village? And the guy was looking at her. And Mama Madeleine is still alive. It's been more than 30 years. Amen. The idol could do nothing because she was persuaded that she can be killed by Satan. Yeah. Say, I'm persuaded. The presence of, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. You are persuaded. And you know when God is with you, who can be against you? I say, if God is for you, who can be against you? He has sent me to announce to you that he's opening a gate in heaven and dispatching angels in terrible situations so that the power of God may be revealed and manifested to this generation. Can I tell you something that even in healing, it's angels doing the healing? Are you shocked? The Hebrew people knew that. Have you heard about the pool of Bethesda? What do they say? They say an angel will come. Okay, do you know? Ah, I came to knowledge. Do you know the pool of Bethesda was not a God ordained pool, it was a pagan pool. Yes, go and study your Bible. It was a belief. But they knew in the understanding that angels are very responsible for healing. That's why when Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda, he didn't push the guy into the water. He took him out of there. He said, take up your mouth and walk away from here. (laughs) Because the offer of healing has been revealed to him. If you read your Bible in the book of Luke, Jesus said to Nathanael, from now on you will see angel of God ascending and descending on the Son of God. Why were they ascending and descending? Because Jesus became a carrier of the presence. So the angel go with him and when he speaks, they execute. Listen, angel can be in the place and you don't know it. And when you don't know, you don't benefit. Remember the experience of Jacob. Jacob went and slept into a place called Bethel. Can I submit to you that Bethel was the area where Melchizedek was staying? Melchizedek was a physical king, and he stayed in the area called Bethel. That's why they call it House of God. So in those days, all of them knew that the house of Melchizedek was a house of meeting. So Abraham met Melchizedek around Bethel. Ah, Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And, and, and the presence of God was in the yard of Melchizedek. So when Jacob was fleeing from his brother, he slept in the yard of Melchizedek. And when he slept there, he had a vision. And he said, the Bible said, there was a ladder from heaven to here. An angel where? There were? 
not descending and ascending. They were ascending. It means they were taking messages from here. <laughs> so it means that, that, that the vicinity of Melchizedek was a speaking area. Yes. So even the earth had a voice there. And when you come there, angel has to go and tell God what is happening here. They were ascending and descending. And then Jacob said, he woke up, he said, this is not less than the house of the Lord. And I didn't know it. So if God didn't open his eyes, you would have slept there and go. So, so, so what I'm talking about is that we can be in the midst here. Some of you will miss it. Because right now, as I speak, angels are... As we worship, angels are... Uh-huh. As you pray, angels are... Ooh. As you speak the word, angels are... And what do they descend with? Have you read the book of Philippians, of, of Ephesians that says he, he ascended and descending with gift? So when they, are, they don't descend empty-handed, they descend loaded. And they come with the grace. And if you are not aware, you can't receive the grace. Listen, the, the Lord could have from heaven planted Jesus in the womb of Mary. Isn't that in his power? That by Abracadabra, the child is in the womb. But what he did, he sent an With what? With what? Who was that message? Jesus. Jesus was loaded in the message. When the angel received the message, Mary received the message, he received, she received Jesus. Because tell me, when did Mary become pregnant? The Bible says when the angel departed, Mary stood up. And she went to Elizabeth. As soon as she arrived there, the child was so mature that John could hear the voice of the child from the womb. Hey! Remember, the child was just conceived. So, so, so what I'm trying to tell you is that, is that angels are near you. That's why the Bible says, don't speak any kind of foul language because you are confusing the angels. They hit the word of God proceeding from sin and now you are on a, a bride, you are swearing. What must I take? Take the swearing word to God? What must I do? You must be aware of this sin. You must be aware in the spirit there are realities. Let me finish here. Let me finish here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I say thank you, Jesus. There are things like they prepare the way. I won't go into that. Take uh, Exodus 23, 20. They prepare the way. Exodus 23, 20. They execute judgments. They execute judgment. Acts chapter number 12, verse 23. Herod died because an angel struck him. Herod was sitting on a seat and talking like God. And say an angel came. And hit him. And he rot. In front of the people, he was eaten by worms. In front of people, an angel came and slapped him. And that slap killed him. One angel can destroy South Africa. Not two. One. One. I say one. Uh-huh. You are undermining God when you ask him to come and fight with demons. You don't know who you are serving. There is too much power in God to fight with demons. The book of Revelation tells that it's angels that beat demons. Mm-hmm. Because Satan himself will be arrested by Michael. You know that, son? The Bible says Michael will come from heaven with chain. Listen, the guy came already with chain. <laughs> That's how he undermines him. It's like you go to fight but you have already the chain that you're going to bind him with. He come with a chain and then say he sees Satan and he bind him. He threw him away for a thousand years. Michael, 
angel. The archangel of the people of God will come and just arrest Satan just like that. We were sweating. And you were like, God is fighting Satan for me. God is not fighting Satan. God has put you there to beat him. That's how God undermines and despises Satan. He raised human beings to cast him out. Because himself, he can't do that job. So you can't say, Lord, please deliver this person. God is not delivering anyone. He has given you a mission to deliver. He said, in my name, you shall cast out devils. So the power is loaded in you to do what God has commanded you to do. You are, you are loaded. Say, I am, I am loaded. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are, you are loaded with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. God has put something on you so that you may go and execute his word. Lastly, we can ask God to send angels. Yes, we can ask him. It's in the book of Matthew. I want to read it to you so that we can all be in agreement. Hallelujah. Because if we are not in agreement in this room, things will not go right. Because I know you guys. Hallelujah. Matthew 26. Let's read from 52 to 53. Matthew 26. 52 to 53. He said, but Jesus said to him, put your sword in its place because Peter had just sliced the ear of the gods. He said, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Listen, keep it there, keep it there, keep it there. Keep it there. <laughs> Here, this sentence means the battle is not physical. Because we talk about the sword of the spirit. And he said, who take the sword perishes by the sword. So he's not talking about the sword of the spirit. He's talking about physical sword. So Jesus is saying, when you engage yourself into physical battle, that battle will kill you. So when you hate people, that hatred will kill you. When you despise people, that will kill you. He who fights the sword shall perish. It's a judgment. It's a, it's a judgment. It's, it's a law. It means whatever you, you, you do to people shall come back to you. Yes. With a measure that you measure, it will be measured back to you. You don't check what I'm saying. So it means that you can, you can, you can be good to people and goodness will be manifested to you. Uh-huh. You can love people and love will be manifested to you. Or you can hate people and hatred will be manifested to you. He who fights with a sword shall perish with the Let's carry on the reading. Or do you think that I cannot now pray? Somebody is now pray to my father and will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? That's a revelation. Jesus was saying, Jesus didn't say, Don't you know that I can command angels to come to me? Or didn't you know that I can talk to angels to come? He said, I can pray the father so that he can bring me angels. Because the angels are at God's command, not at our command. So we can ask God to release angels in the situation. That's biblical. So we can ask God, Father, this is trouble here. I need to partner with angels. Send angels in the assignment so that they may go and fight for me. But you give them the sword by the word of God. So, so, so this is what God is showing to the church. We are not alone. Say, we are not alone. We are not alone. You will never be alone. I say you will never be alone. My friend testified to me, a man of God, one time. He's a well-known man of God in South Africa. And he, fought, he came to me and he was giving me a story. He said one of his elders was sick. And when they called him, I think he was away from South Africa. And when he came back, he went to the hospital. When he got there, there was a spirit of death that was standing like this, waiting. He said, when he got in there, he said it was like dark. And when he got in there, he realized the kingdom of God is not prevailing here. He said he commanded that deaf spirit to go. Because he saw it. So the spirit knew somebody saw me. So when he spoke to him, he left. And when he left, the room, light came in the room. It means angel came. And the elders, the elder was discharged. So the sickness that was supposed to kill him, he was discharged. 
if he was not, if he didn't have that revelation, the guy would have been buried. I'm praying that God may open you on the supernatural. I say, I'm praying that God may open your eyes on the things of the spirit so that you may start to know. I'm not saying that you may be, you may go and and, and try to look for where you can see angel. I'm saying you must just be at the position where God wants you to be. And then now that you have a knowledge, you can cooperate with angels. You can pray that God may release them into what is happening so that the, the kingdom of God can prevail. There is, there is a presence. I say there is a presence. Yes, there is a presence. There is a presence. The same way Satan can be real to people, God can be real too. You know, Satan is not omnipresent. He's not everywhere at the same time. It means Lucifer, if he's in the U.S. now, he's not here. He can't be everywhere at the same time. Those who do the job for him are demons. And demons also can't be everywhere at the same time. They don't have that ability. But there are many. Those we call familiar spirit are spirit that lives long with people and study their habits. So they know the habits of people, how they behave in a family. And they can inflict them with their behavior, with open doors. But there is angels, there are angels also that are dispatched to serve the generation of people in a family. Yes, 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 yes. There are some angels that serves my family. Yes. When you have trouble with my family, it's with these beings that you have trouble because they have been assigned. They are angels that serve your family. The same way that you think there is generational curse, there is generational blessings. Yes. So a generational blessing is ordained by God. The same faith I saw in your grandmother, oh Timothy, I'm seeing that faith in you. It means that the carrier of the faith is already dead, but the faith didn't die. The faith jumped from that old lady to Timothy just like that because it's a generational blessing. So today I'm here to announce to you that there is a generational blessing. What you need to know is, listen, listen, all of us are looking for the demonic altar that are speaking against us. Isn't that? I'm appealing to you to look for the, of the blessing altar that are speaking for you. Because once you discover those altars, you stand off mount of those altars. You are not, listen, listen, there are two mountains. One is called Gerizim and one is called uh, Ebal. On Mount Ebal, the curse came. And Gerizim, the blessing came. The two mountains were facing each other. And Moses says, some people will stand on Ebal and pronounce the curse. And some will stand on Gerizim and pronounce the blessing. And you know the blessing of Gerizim has the power to overtake the curse of Ebal. So we are sitting on Mount Gerizim this morning and pronouncing the blessing upon your life so that everything that speaks against your life may shut down. Doesn't matter the intensity of a fire, it just needs water. Yes. Once water is poured, doesn't matter the fire, it has to die down. I am the living water. If any man drinks, he shall never thirst again. That's why the Bible says that God was in the bush, Exodus 3. The bush was burning, but was not consumed. That type of fire cannot be quenched by water. Because Elijah showed us when he was preparing the altar of God, he said, put water. When they put water, the Bible said the fire came. <laughs> and, hey, hey, this morning, God told me that when I speak about this, it's going to activate you to the ministry of angels. It's going to activate you to the ministry of angels. No longer shall you be ignorant in the spirit. Now you will not hear a noise that will terrify you in your house anymore. Uh, because when Satan comes, an angel will come behind after him uh, and clean up the mess so that you may know that you are a child of God. This morning we pray that God may release angels 
in your, in your situation. We pray that God may release angels in your homes. We pray that God may release angels in your ministry so that wherever you go, you go on the wings of eagles. The wings of eagles are not real eagles, it's angels. Those eagles we are talking about are angels. These are hosts of heaven. And John said, and I saw heaven open. And I was catapulted into a third heaven. And I saw the throne of God. And I saw four beings. And one looked like a lion. One looked like a man. One looked like an ox. And one looked like an eagle in flight. And he said, I, John, saw those things. And I saw, I hear a noise coming from the throne. He said, he said it was like thunder. It was, it was like lightning. And the ancient of days was sitting on the throne. But his appearance, I can't describe it. It looked like a stone of a jasper. And, and before him, there was a sea that was so clear like a crystal and he said and a voice was going from the throne and he said suddenly I saw 24 elders around the throne and, and, and they have 24 crowns and, and, and I heard a voice and the angels and the elders were worshipping and whenever the angels sing he said the four elders will cast down the crown before the one who sit on the throne and live forever and ever and they say worthy are you Lord Worthy are you, O oh Lord, for you purchased us with your blood. We have a redeemed that came from your blood. Who is certain to be in that place? Who is certain to be in that place? I'm telling you by the Spirit, some of you are going to be touched like never before. There will be a deep touch. It's not, just, it's not just a touch that will amuse your flesh. It's a touch that comes from, from, from the depths of the things of the spirit. For God is about to reveal himself to you like never before. And in that place, you will never be afraid again. Because you know God is with you. And you say, if he is with you, who can be against you? Who can be against you. Whenever you drive your car, forget about accident. Who told you you're going to have an accident? Yes. Yes. You are ordained. Say, I am ordained. You are ordained by God. You are ordained by God. You are ordained by God. I went to many places of witchcraft. Listen, I'm not just stacking the church here, breaking the church. I go out. I go out. Yes, I preached in a place where the witches wanted to challenge me and they didn't know they were challenging the Lord himself. And some of them died. Some of them died. They, they, I didn't know. You know, I bless God that I don't see these things sometimes. They say when I was coming, they put robe on trees to hang me. So I passed. I didn't know they were robe. I just went. Because if I knew we were over, I would worry about that hope. I never prayed. And then I went. And I went to preach. And as I was preaching, somebody hit me in the back. Like, boom. And I was losing my... I, I was... I said, what is that? These people are really here. <laughs> so I gave a mic to my uh, interpreter. My friend. Best friend. And he was... He said, what must I do? I said, preach. He said, preach what? I said, preach whatever God put in your heart. But I was in the midst of my preaching like now. So I sat, and I was dizzy. And I said, Lord, you sent me here. You never told me witches can kill me. Here I am now. Somebody hit me in the back. But when I stand up, I'm going to hit them. So I, when I was praying, my strength came back. He was praying. I said, stop. He said, what for? I said, give me the mic. I'm going to preach again. When I took the mic, and I said, all those who came now against us, oh, people were screaming, fire, fire. People were rolling, some were running into the bush. It was in a village, they caught them, they brought them. And, and, and I preached there, it was overnight, 6 a.m. People were still rolling on the floor begging for mercy. I was not doing anything, but the angel of the Lord stepped in. Oh, because, because you attach the anointed of the Lord. Do not do no harm to my prophet. Do not touch the anointed one of the Lord. And they dare to do it. And God dared to touch them. Some of them died. Yes, it was in the place where my brother Clement 
was working. I'm saying names so that you can know. Listen, some of them died. Some of them begged for mercy. I never saw the hanging robes, robes, but I knew God was with me. I preached there, and I came back. Before I got married, were we married or not? I can't remember. We're not married yet. I went there. So it means many years ago. I even put on some weight. It means that God is good. So, so they tried to kill me. They helped me. They helped me. My wife and I were ministering. I'm giving you a testimony for you to know. We were ministering here in a place. I don't want to say the name. And a lady came into the church. She was on fire for God. And we didn't know that she was in witchcraft. So I didn't even ask God what it is. So, you know, me, I, I liked her. And she was on fire. So I said, listen, uh, talk to the woman of the church. And she was there. And then after a few months, she ran away from the church. And she said, this pastor... The day he leaves this place, this church will collapse. We have tried everything. It didn't work. I say, when did you try? I was not aware you were trying something. Me, I just loved you. She tried, 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 up and down. You are too focusing on witches. That's why they beat you. <laughs> Somebody asked a man of God, you see, men of God, I have, I have a third eye. You say, where? <laughs> she said, it's here. He said, okay. Show me the place. Because I don't see. He put his hand there. And he left. And the guy said, I broke. <laughs> he said, I don't need to see it. I am loaded. I said, I am loaded. I am loaded with the benefit of heaven. And you are on assignment to destroy the kingdom of darkness. Amen. I want the worship team to go and help me a bit. Ooh. Thank you, Jesus. I say thank you, Jesus. Amen. 